Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Brendan, it's your birthday. It is my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. I am yeah. 27 years old. Hell yeah, dude. I did it. I made it all I the am... way here. I'm, you I made it. <laughs> I was going to say I've leveled up, but that sucks. Oh, wow. That's awful. <laughs> that's the most like Spencer's Gifts like, <laughs> birthday <laughs> thing you could say. <laughs> yeah. Like, anyone who wears a t-shirt that says I've leveled up is like just yeah. immediately out. Oh, good gracious. <laughs> I, feel, um, I actually feel so. How do I say happy birthday like backwards to give it, take it back <laughs> after what you said? <laughs> because it's my birthday, I'm recording in a different place than usual. So if this whole episode sounds different on my end, uh, that's why there's a garage sale happening next to my head where somebody's throwing glass on the ground. Um, Been there. There are fans. This room is very echoey. But I'm also in upstate New York, which is like one of my favorite places to be. So it's I'm great. having a good time. I've already gone out and had breakfast with friends, and I'm chugging a big coffee, and I feel good. That's awesome. Yeah. Is it is it nice weather over there? Yeah. I always bring up the weather. What's worse, the level up <laughs> t-shirt or me constantly fucking talking about the weather? Uh, I don't know. I, hey, the weather. It's a unifying force between all people. That's what happens when you get older, man. As someone who's two years older than you, your mm-hmm. late 20s are just constantly small talk about the weather. <laughs> Buckle up. It's yeah. coming. But yeah, we're, we're fully in summer now, I think. Hell yeah. Same. Uh, it feels like that. Which I, I don't like personally. Really? Yeah. I really so, like if if I was to rank the seasons right now, not. Hey, welcome to Into the Aether, a podcast where we rank the seasons. But <laughs> top four seasons. <laughs> <laughs> top four seasons. Yeah. Summer, least favorite season. Easily. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Fall, I winter, say... spring, summer in that order. Fall is your favorite. Mm-hmm. Winter is your second favorite. Spring, mm-hmm. summer. So you, okay. Interesting. It changes for me. I really like the summer. I like the spring a lot too, but the spring always fucks up, you know? Yeah. Like it's it always does. like not what you want it to be. Right. Because winter when it's is good, hanging on for a little bit too long or yeah. summer comes way too early. Right. Spring is like these a are week. good. These are good lyrics. <laughs> winter comes too fast, but summer doesn't last. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's always my thing. It's like vaguely British pop punk. Okay. Yeah. Brendan Into the Aether is not a weather podcast. I picked up this new game everyone's talking about. It's called Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. Fucking 20 years ago. You mentioned this to me last episode. Yeah. Kind of out of nowhere. You were like, I think you prefaced it by saying, I think I found your favorite game of all time. Yeah. Which is high praise because I think all we really do on the show, actually, what we do on the show is talk about things we love. Right. So, like, I had played this game in passing. Like I mentioned, like, I picked it up used for like a dollar. Yeah. Uh, kind of on a whim and played a bit of it and like enjoyed it, but kind of moved on. I now have it on the Switch and I'm having a great time with it. And I'd love to talk about it again with with you yeah because i think it's it's like it's a game that really flew under the radar for a lot of people and i think it flew under the radar for a lot of people that might really dig it um if that makes any sense yeah i think like it's worth mentioning again right at the top like this game probably isn't for everyone um, <laughs> yeah but, it's very strange like if you're interested in the things that it's pulling from like monster hunter and dark souls and and the elder scrolls series like it is those three games really mashed up yeah so yeah anyway it's just there was a moment playing it where i'll get more into specifics and kind of give my overview of it but (laughs) this this kind of sums it up for better or for worse if you're into this moment that i'm about to describe (laughs) you will love this game okay this is this is the litmus test there was a quest in the starting harbor town where the innkeeper is like uh i i'm sorry i'm just having a really rough day there's this thief that's like really good like we're all impressed by the thievery that's happening but like they're taking our shit and like what I think would be great is if you and your pawns, your three kind of existential knights mm-hmm. would kind of hang out in this inn into the wee hours of the night and, and catch the thief in the act. Right. Um, so you, you, you can agree to this and then you're in the inn and the door is open and then 
what follows is you literally running around town like void of yakety sax playing <laughs> literally just chasing the thief for yeah. like five minutes like no obstacles just he's just running around the town yeah and you have you have to physically pick up the thief and throw them over your shoulders right and the whole time they're like cutting corners and running around and like you're running out of breath and every time you bump into them they go doggy bastard and keep running <laughs> and there's no real intuitive way to figure out like how to catch them because when you try to grab them you stop moving right so like it does it's like the controls are kind of awkward and then finally you catch them and you throw them over your shoulder and then they're like well done you did it and then like that's it and that's the whole quest yep and i'm like i literally just like had to physically catch a thief yeah uh, and somehow the game is full of moments like that where, like, you actually have to, like, do things that other games would do automatically. Right. Yes. You know, there there are a lot of fights where, like, and this is actually what I like about the game a lot. So with the pawns, which in the plot are, like, strange, mysterious beings that look human, but they're from this other realm and they, like, don't die or, like, they don't have any free will. It's very weird. It's, it's kind of unsettling. Yeah. But they are, like, they have swore an oath to the Arisen, who's the chosen one, whose heart is taken by a dragon and has to go <laughs> um, anyway uh, so the pawns <laughs> the pawns follow you around you make one for yourself and then the other two you can get either from like the games generated ones that walk around or you can go into this weird purgatory where you find other people's pawns right and you can search and by like what skills they have what, yeah, what class yeah. they are what level they are things like that so on a surface level you might be like okay like I want to have a party of four that kind of cover all the different classes classes like i want to have a mage i want to have a warrior that all is is viable but what i find really interesting and and that the game kind of eventually encourages you to do is the pawns all retain knowledge of like how to fight enemies and yeah. how to do quests right so you might have a pawn like i was doing a quest and one of the pawns i hired was like oh i know where to go follow me and like ran ahead yes and, like i've had this and it and it rules it is it's amazing thing. yeah and like it doesn't feel like the game is playing itself for you, which is what Not my concern was when I first heard about that was like, yeah. oh, wait, if this person is just going to take me to like the object I need to find, then like that's kind of lame. But you still have to like fight all the enemies and like make your way around. And like there's still like some digging yeah. that you got to do. It's, you have it's to cool. physically pick up the thief and carry them back to the right. End. Like yeah. that's there's always a version of that. And that might sound really tedious, but I think the game's the game's main instruction constantly like, in the loading screens and all the advice they give you is like be prepared, like yeah. leave leave prepared and and if you find that a situation because there are a lot of times where you might just go into an area or a quest like <laughs> one of the first quests you could find is this cowardly knight like hello reason like i don't want to go in this well can you go down in the well and fight some monsters and like you yeah. expect it to be like a rat or something and it's like legit ass lizard dudes who will fuck you up in one hit and yeah. it's like you won't know that until you go down there and, and honestly there are moments like that that do kind of annoy me where i'm like i i this game could use is like just a general recommended level of what quests are because you really have no idea until you go there and then yeah. you have to backtrack and like that that's actually annoying but most of the time if you save frequently it's not too bad and then your pawns will remember that so they might be like don't go down there or something yeah but also there's a weird thing with this game where like the fact that they they didn't put a recommended level or something makes the world more immersive like yeah like their mistake in like telegraphing how hard a thing is going to be makes the world seem like it could be anything at any moment like it's completely and think, malleable and has nothing to do with how good or bad you are at it it's just like it is right. what it is because that you're in a place and you don't know anything about it and and what's cool too is that like a lot of the enemies like the pawns are always like just don't attack blindly and I'm like oh, whatever because like in the beginning you're just fighting goblins and wolves and you can really just I mean I'm playing as like a fighter so you could just kind of hack and slash them and yeah. do okay the first really challenging fight that was like an appropriate level for me to do was one of the ogres who were like a re like that's when it gets very monster huntery we're like yeah it has a ton of health. If it hits you, like it, it can basically one shot you. And like, yeah, there's some kind of almost God of War esque moments where like it grabs you and you have to like, you know, rotate the joystick to get out of it right. before they start eating you. Really cool stuff like that. What I learned though is like doing the Shadow of the Colossus thing where you can grab them and climb them. Whenever I grabbed onto an ogre, especially if I grabbed onto their back, they would do this, they would try to jump up in the air and land on their back to crush me. Yeah, like a straight up wrestler move. Yeah. Right. Very 
very, very WWE, a lot of finesse. Uh, yeah. And then you, but what you could do is you could jump off their back as they're doing it, and then they just fall down and like get hurt, and yeah. then you can all wail on them. Whack and you on can the, their head, yeah. Keep doing that, and like in those moments, like you said, like the game not telegraphing things to you and you having to figure them out. It's not like Dark Souls where like you figure out like attack animations and right. Like you when can to you can hang back in a lot of those games and just watch the animations happen until you kind of like get a vernacular of what what is going to happen. You have like a rundown of all the animations and all their tails and things like that and then you can go in this you really have to like try everything first yeah and and it's kind of akin to i think about like in D D when someone will be like can i try to like throw this thing at them or or can i try to like grab onto them and strike their head it's like yeah you can try yeah <laughs> we'll see what happens <laughs> and i think that the pawn system is actually really well done like i i didn't really remember i, just, I remember them kind of just not stopping talking like you know yeah. like, you should eat a potion if you're not feeling well it's like, all right cool wolves hunting, uh, packs. Wolves hunting yeah. packs wolves hunting packs wolves hunting packs yeah cavill a goblin like, we've seen a lot of them like you don't have to get that scared <laughs> my pawn rules i made a weird mage named flush he's a very timid green man <laughs> who no one has hired like i always because whenever you sleep at an inn it connects to the server and if anyone else has hired your pawn they will like get it like it, this is where the game makes me feel very uncomfortable because they get like a five star rating in certain areas yeah and you can give them a gift which is usually like a sour part of a wolf or something <laughs> but no one's hired flush and like he rules i don't know what, what i'm doing wrong with him maybe i should get him some new clothes can you change uh, your pawn after you've made them i don't think you can change their like appearance their appearance but you can always change their like personality right that's uh, did we talk about <laughs> that is in the, the last weirdest episode? yeah they were <laughs> i sat down with flush in the ear <laughs> He was like, hello, Risen. I'm someone who has a natural interest in gathering herbs and plants and learning more about them. Should I keep doing this? Like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Why would I tell you to stop? This is your passion. And then I told him just to be timid in all areas. Like, very timid. Yeah. He's like, how should we celebrate your victories? I'm like, timid. <laughs> Maybe that's why no one's hiring him. He's probably like, hello, Risen. Oh, did I say something wrong? <laughs> I'm sorry. I spoke out of tone, Risen. Oh, I'm sorry. My name is Flush. <laughs> My name is Flush. Is that too much information? Is that too much information? He's got really bad facial hair and he has green skin. So maybe I have answered my own question there. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I I I think you're right in saying like it's definitely not a you gotta check this game out to everyone thing. Like yeah. even like even all the influences like Dark Souls and Elder Scrolls and Monster Hunter, like I think all three of those games have more mass appeal than this one. I, well, I think I think a big part of the problem is that you have to like all three of those games. Like it is literally <laughs> the Venn diagram of those three things. Yeah, yeah, and like I think there's something about <laughs> this. This feels like it was tailor made to us in particular. <laughs> yes, because like you and I both like when things are like remarkably good at very specific things, and everything else kind of there's just the the drama is not working at yeah. all. Like. Uh, <laughs> It's <laughs> like all the like all the dialogue is just so funny and that disconnect coupled with like very tense moments of combat yeah somehow like lights both our brains up I feel like yeah I okay wait just to give an example of like another quest that happened that kind of I think illustrates this idea of like it's really great and also might be terrible but the terribleness kind of works for me yeah in the main uh, city I, I talked to this one guy who was like hello I would really like this scroll that this old mage used to own so i like went around asking people like where can i find this scroll where can i find this scroll and i thought it was just going to be like me asking a bunch of people in this town where the scroll was but eventually somebody was like oh yeah that's like really far away some bandits stole it and they have it at their camp I'm like okay cool so like i'll go i'll go do this like fun adventure quest where i'll just it's you, classic like wow shit i'm just going and getting a thing and bringing it back to an npc right but what ended up happening was i this is the first time that i had experienced the day night cycle i kept seeing the loading screen messages that were like at night everything gets really messed up so just like be ready for that so i started heading out and i'm going like 
really far out down these pathways that I hadn't been down before or anything and and started fighting ghosts because it was nighttime, not mm-hmm. knowing that you can only fight ghosts with magic. And I only had one mage on my team and he was a healer and not like a battle mage. So I'm like sitting there fighting ghosts, waiting for him to decide to use his one attack spell like every like three or four minutes to take out these eight <laughs> ghosts, which took forever. It took like maybe a half an hour to fight the ghosts. And then I made my way all the way to the bandit camp and, you know, took out all these bandits. They were sleeping. So I got to like do some sneaky shit oh, nice. and, and take them all out one by one um, and one of my one of my pawns knew where the scroll was because they had done the quest before um, so they were like oh yeah you got to go like up this castle so I had to like climb my way up this little tiny like bombed out castle where there was like a beautiful chest on top and I opened it up and there's the scroll and I thought to myself like okay cool so I got the thing and then I remember that there's no fast travel in this game and it had taken me like maybe an hour or two to get to this place and I was gonna have to run all the way back I was like, okay, is this really what the game wants me to do? And it was like, yeah, man, like they really just want you to run the entire way back. So I just had to run the whole way back. And I was like, at least I'm going to get something good out of this, right? Because like this is this whole experience has taken me a really long time. <laughs> I've invested a lot of time in this. And I went and I handed it in and they gave me like 100 gold and no experience. And he was like, thank you. And then left. And that was like the whole quest. And I was just like. Wow. You know what I learned? I learned that I shouldn't take quests from anybody. (laughs) But that's like, that sucks. But also, I kind of love it. It's really good. There's something you and I talked about this, I think, off the show, but we were talking about Oblivion, our our old muse. And Oblivion has a thing where like, you know, I'm not usually like objectively a fan of this, but in Oblivion, like your armor and your weapons slowly break down. Not like unbelievably quick, but like right. enough that it's a thing you have to keep mind of. And that game's a little bit harder than like Skyrim tends to be. So like, you know, it, it you might be really short on potions eventually, at least starting out. Yeah. Whenever you do a quest though, and like when you actually journey, like there's fast travel, so there's that. Uh, mm-hmm. Every now and then though, it's like you can't fast travel because there are enemies nearby, which is always stressful. But yeah. The sense of relief when you finish a quest and you go back to town and you repair all your stuff and like you get, like that that is a very specific thing to want in a game but that sense of like returning home and resetting and like mm. the the kind of palpable immersive danger of what's out there yeah i think that dragon's dogma does almost too well where like you said it's like i really have to walk back yeah like my- i can't <laughs> i can't believe i have to walk this whole I way i can't yeah. believe I, uh, that happened uh, i had a version of that where i did a quest where there was a cave and this merchants like you know hey this cave connects like the north and south like if you could open the gate that'd be sick mm-hmm. you go inside it's full of bandits and an ogre and the ogre is that's a tough fight that's like a probably like 10 minute fight yeah that- might take you a couple tries. You do that, and then you open the gate. And if you keep going, your pawns immediately go, more ogres. <laughs> <laughs> so when that happened to me, I was like, well, I've eaten all my rotting herbs and drank all my nasty milk. So yeah. I'm going to get killed by this ogre. I need to run away. Yeah. So I ran out, and I talked to the, to the merchant. He's like, oh, cool, the gate's open, but the cave is full of ogres. Do you mind killing all of them? And I'm like, you... <laughs> piece of shit like you fucking coward yes i will because i had to see how this stupid quest ends but right. like you know then i had to go back to town and i and i but uh you know it's and it it's ends weird with, i'm sure him giving you a cough drop and not even thanking you yeah it ends with him giving you like shitty jeans yeah uh, he's like this game doesn't let you wear armor you have to wear denim for yeah. the first 20 hours he's like here's some jeans i think i left some werther's originals in the pockets <laughs> <laughs> Here's some uh, some Altoids for you in case your in case your throat hurts after fighting two ogres in yeah. a row and slurping down milk and herbs. Yeah, it's a fucking weird game. I I, yeah. I need to curse to say it. it's a weird game that a lot of people might really strongly hate. That's the thing I find. So I I've been like looking this up just to see what what reactions are to this game, and it really is like fifty fifty. Like people love this, and they love the the weird like almost unfinished feel of a lot of it and yeah, some people yeah. like really really bounce off of it hard and like hate it so i think like dear listener if if you're on the fence about it like really think hard maybe watch some videos that are playing like the first like 
45 minutes and like ask yourself if that's a thing you're interested in but yeah i mean i think i find it really immersive and i find it kind of like oddly zen to play yeah same and i i really enjoy uh i don't know i i almost wish even though uh, last episode i talked about how weird the story gets and how that's kind of funny yeah i almost wish they went more of a monster hunter route where like there just is no story the story is people saying hello to you and like (laughs) because i feel like the moments where they tried i mean again like watching drama fall on its face is just like my favorite thing yeah it's great and the story gets bonkers towards the end here but it's a fun it's a fun game it's it's there's really nothing like it there's i have not played a rpg like this game that could either be the selling point or the thing that makes you not want to play it yeah but if i had to sum it up it's like it really does have a lot of freedom and it has a lot of surprises where like you don't really know what you're getting into half the time and that's kind of the fun yeah, uh, and I think that's what makes the world feel fleshed out because, like, I actually know like the quest I'm doing where I have to clear out the cave. If you do that quest, a lot more merchants show up in the capital because they can travel to and fro. So like, oh, that's get, awesome! You can get cool stuff. They don't tell you that. You don't know that going in that that's going to happen. Yeah. You might just get a Werther's original cough drop and, <laughs> you know, feel cheated. But, like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff like that. And and I think there's a lot of armor. There's a lot of weapons to find, which I always really like, that, like, constant sense of changing your aesthetic Mm -hmm. and you're always because the pawns that are with you that you summon they don't level up the way that you and your pawn do they stay at whatever level you hired them at yeah so you which i do like i was worried when i hired my first ones that i was just gonna like stick with them forever but i like that they incentivize you to switch them out because they stay at their level yeah and like there's just some wild pawns to hire yeah there really are i hired this dude with like a scar over his eye and a giant axe but he's wearing like a party hat he rules (laughs) and he's really good he's gotten me and that's like finding out what works and what party arrangements work for what situations like that's what i really like like Mm -hmm. being like okay this is clearly not working what can I change up and what can I bring with me? And those moments of kind of organic discovery are really nice. And, yeah. But they're, again, it's not like Dark Souls or Cuphead where it's like, oh, I figured out the boss. It's just like, okay, that worked, I guess. Uh, yeah. Cool. Moving on. On to the next one. Yeah. On to the next thing. So yeah, a cautious recommendation for both of us. Yeah, totally. But it um, is at least extremely our shit collectively. One of my favorite things is if you go into the water, like you get soaking wet. Yeah. And the and the pawns go, ah, soak to the bone. <laughs> and I love how every I, loading screen is like, don't go in the water ever. Yeah. Never go in the water. No, it says uh it's like if you're near the water, tread lightly, if at all. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't I haven't figured uh, out why that's the case yet, but I'm excited to to There are weird fishmen and lizard people that like will directly fuck you up. That's awesome. That's so good. Like I just saw all my pawns like, I can't take much more as I tried to just book it away from the river. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's a thing. Okay, last thing I'll say about this game. My favorite moments of it so far have been going into a place, realizing that there's no way I'm going to make it out and then needing to sprint away <laughs> from like yeah. getting chased by an ogre and 14 zombies and bats and, you know, whatever. And that And that's the moments that feel unplanned and that might feel like a mistake on the game's part that end up adding charm to the experience. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Exactly. It's hard to describe. But yeah, Dragon's yeah. Dogma. Do you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Ah, oh, soaked to the bone. <laughs> Wolves hunting packs. It hates fire. What's the um, thing the merchant always says? The master looks all. You can't go wrong. That's it. That's <laughs> the one. <laughs> wow, I could do that pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Every I love it's every time you talk to him, and then even if you're in a menu, like if you're in the buy menu and you back out to go to the sell menu, he says it again. <laughs> also, like sometimes he'll have new things to say. He'll be like, Grand Soren's a great place to rest. The master looks all. You can't go wrong. Yes. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's it's like the the <laughs> you, punctuation at the end of all of his sentences. There's another merchant who's like, You're not but the finest wares here. She's like kind of a con artist. She's great. I like her a lot. Dragon's Dogma for the Nintendo Switch and everything else also. I never, ever, leaving my unconscious, will leave the the master of all. You can't go wrong. You've cursed me. (laughs) All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Brendan, we're back. We are. Uh, Welcome. We've had, uh, speaking of Dragon's Dogma, I feel like you and I have had certain quests on this show, mm-hmm. personal quests. Yours has always been to find, the f- the phrase you use is games as a vibe. Yeah. You've mentioned this with No Man's Sky 
to an extent and uh steep most famously everyone's favorite <laughs> play steep and i think and, and correct me if i'm wrong but what i gather from you saying games is a vibe is like a game that doesn't necessarily have a direct sense of purpose or requirement of you but is just engaging enough that it's something you can kind of connect to and and sort of drift off while maybe listening to music or podcast or like something else. Yeah, uh, um, I, that, I think the yeah. first the first uh, moment that I ever engaged with that idea was when I got really into Spelunky and the Binding of Isaac. Yeah. Once I got to the point where like I knew everything or I knew like mostly every permutation of what could happen in those games, and then it was like, okay, now that this game is second nature, I can just kind of tune out and do whatever I want. But then. Mm-hmm. I think I think it kind of evolved into a No Man's Sky and Steep and I think Minecraft to a certain extent kind of thing where it's like these games are purposely trying to give you that experience right up front, which is really cool. But anyway. Yeah. So I, I've kind of had a similar quest where like I, as you know, both for good and bad reasons, I love I love Talkin. I'll be <laughs> the first to admit it. I also love talking. Love, Steven loves talking for bad reasons. Ew, what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. You said it. Soul, you can't go wrong. <laughs> All right. Um. <laughs> anyway, when whenever I visit you, I feel like we end up doing the infamous thing where we play Smash Brothers, and I like yep. really have a sincere heart to heart with you as we just wreck each other. Yeah. Well, um, specifically, you wreck me <laughs> as characters I hate playing against on purpose. <laughs> My roommate actually just told me, he was like, Steven, I think I've gotten better at piano fighting you in Smash Brothers. He's like, like, he's like, fighting you as King Dedede has increased my hand-eye coordination to the point where I'm a better musician. (laughs) (laughs) I will gladly accept that very strange compliment. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I mean, I'm definitely not. Like, I feel like if I played at like a pro level, I'd probably get my ass kicked. But like on a colloquial level... I am pretty good at Smash. Yeah. And I also like it's it's elements of it are second nature. I also don't really care if I'm gonna win. Like right. you know, essentially we're just hanging out. So like I will just talk about the past and the future and dreams and the stars, and you're like, I really need to focus on this. <laughs> so <laughs> Smash Brothers is not the best way to do that, but it is something for yeah. me that I like. Right. So what I want is like what is a game that I can play with a friend? Either in person, a lot of my friends, I'm, I'm in Chicago, and I, hey, I got a lot of friends here, right? But I also have a lot of friends back home on the East Coast and elsewhere, because, you know. Once you get to your late 20s, friends are all over the place. What mm-hmm. am I doing? Okay, so uh, I have a lot of friends I keep in touch with, and we'll play something on the Switch or whatever. And what I love doing is... Uh, like calling a friend on the phone while we play something that kind of feels like we're connected. Yeah. So you and I have done this recently with Mario Kart. Right. We've done it with other games. We tried to do it with uh, Apex Legends. We keep trying to do it with Apex Legends. <laughs> and and basically what I want from Apex Legends is a jogging simulator. Because yeah. I love the island. I always want to go in the mud and just run around. <laughs> and then it's like it's like a jogging simulator that tragically ends with other people playing Apex Legends, finding us and us losing. Right. Immediately. And, so, and us all doing zero damage and then just yeah. loading into another map and going in the mud and nobody else landing in the mud. So we last for... 15, 20 minutes, and then we're like one of the last five teams standing because so we're in the like, mud this, and nobody goes there. This is not the socializing game that I want. No. So we stopped doing that. Yeah. Uh, I think that night when we stopped doing that, you and I decided to play Mario Kart together. Yeah. And we, this, this, this phrase is like level up Spencer's t shirt adjacent, <laughs> but we were talking in a PS4 party and then connected on the Switch and played Mario Kart while talking on the PS4. Right, because the Switch doesn't have voice chat, famously, on it. Yeah, unless you, like, download an app on your, like, flip phone and then throw it into the ocean Mm -hmm. and then talk into a conch shell. But... Yep. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I just... (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That was me, like, politely acknowledging, like, okay, like, chill out. You and I played Mario Kart. It fucking ruled. Yes. And, like, talking to you, us, like, having a really great conversation while playing Mario Kart ruled. Yes. I, I highly recommend that. That is a game that works very well for that. Way better than Smash Brothers. Way better than Apex Legends. Yeah. And especially... I think it's because it's so second nature, right? Like, it, it achieves that thing that I was just talking about with Spelunky and Binding of Isaac, where, like, I know everything that could possibly yeah. happen in that game. And right. I have... I've played so much... Of that specific Mario Kart game, because I had it on the Wii U and I have it again now on Switch. Like, it is all, I know exactly what character, what loadout, like what bike, what 
wheels, what whatever. Like I know exactly how long every drift takes. Like I know everything <laughs> about that game. Yeah. So I just tune out and just right. do it. And it's also like beautiful and it's a great experience. Yeah. I'm getting self-conscious as I say this. Cause it's like, Hey, hot take Mario Kart's a great game to play with friends, but like, <laughs> no, it's different. It's different. It's, it's the, it's the, the sort of sideshow to a really cool conversation that is somehow in this weird ethereal realm of connection. Yeah. That I really enjoy. Uh, same with, I recently, my friend Andy, if you're listening, hello, Andy and I used to do the same thing with smash, but like, Right. It it just always ends up getting like to the point where it's like, okay, I actually like want to like maybe win this round. Like let's both pay attention. Yeah. We started playing Diablo three on the Switch mm-hmm. together. And boy, is there ever a game that you can just turn your brain off for. Like it is Yeah. It is just engaging enough, but you can kind of tune out and you're also playing together. It's cooperative, which like there really aren't a ton of cooperative games, I feel like. Like there are, but like I don't know, just Co-op games that are at that kind of peaceful level, and it's weird to say peaceful because the whole game is like fighting satanic right. hordes of enemies, but <laughs> right, like yeah. it, it, it's just a very kind of like second nature game where it's like never really, depending on what difficulty you're playing it on, it's never really like too challenging, Yeah, and it's fun, and you can kind of, like it, it becomes second to whoever you're playing it with, because that's a game I don't really play it on my own really. Right. I, I don't enjoy it as much on my own, but with friends, it's great. Yeah. Uh, and it's also great on the Switch. It's the definitive version of it. So I don't know. I just It's been interesting finding those games that, especially staying in touch with friends who are not in the same place. Yeah. Having the ability to have that local multiplayer experience in different places through means of our own, because the Switch doesn't have voice chat, is has been an interesting experience. Yeah. So I, a, a couple of things to bring up there. I think... Number one, the reason that I don't do this with Diablo is because I've I've never played it before, and I I find that it's like I spend a lot of time not knowing where I'm going, bumping up against things. Like when I'm trying to have those conversations and play that game simultaneously, we end up having to stop a lot to say like, where am I going? Who am I supposed to be talking yeah, to? Yeah. What is our quest right now? What like what yeah. thing am I supposed to be getting? Or there's like people screaming in the dialogue because like again, satanic shit. So like there's a lot of like really horrific stuff happening. Happening, and I'm just trying to like have a good time um, and, and that's why I keep bouncing off of that game every time I try and go back to it because I want to have that experience that you're talking about yeah um, but it never really works for me but well, you know on- what you can do oh, I'm sorry to cut you off but there's a mode of that game where it's really just like almost free roaming where you just do it, it's like a pure dungeon crawler where it's like void of the story you can just go to wherever part of the map you want to and just do dungeons oh that's um, awesome that yeah, I do like, want. that's that's maybe we should try that because I I'm familiar enough with this like I I've played through it years ago when it first came out but like yeah. I kind of know the beats of the story and like you really don't have to like it's not a good story <laughs> no um, yeah I mean every time I try and engage with it I'm like nah I get why it people is, tune out and it play feels this game. like purposely awful yeah <laughs> talking about middle school production of like Hellraiser anyway yeah. that'd be very disturbing actually but yeah I think that's maybe we could try that out maybe you'll connect with it a bit more. Yeah. Um, and and then on the flip side, the other the other game that I really, really have this with and I've had for many years and I haven't brought up in a long time, but it's Destiny, like Destiny and Destiny 2. Yeah. Like, that is all that game is for me is a way right. to like keep in touch with my friends, because that's a game where like we're so locked in. We know everything that we need to do. We know every single strike, every single raid, every single encounter, like even PvP to a certain point is like you kind of start to like intuitively know which part of the map you're supposed to be on at which time and like what what points you're supposed to take and like you, it's wordless so you don't even have to talk about any of it so it ends up just being like you shooting the shit with your friends which i i think i saw a polygon article years ago talking about destiny one with this where like destiny isn't a game where you are fully engaged at all times destiny is is pretty much just like hanging out at a bar and watching sports with your friends yeah yeah uh, but you just happen to be like shooting aliens and robots in space with like with, <laughs> with, with with magic you know like that's all that game really is um and and i think for the people who really hate destiny or really bounced off of it like i think the reason was they wanted more than that but if you have a really solid group and i've said this a million times on this show so excuse me for repeating myself but like if you have a really solid group of friends to play that game with or even just one like that game is super fun because again the story is not great it's good it's like surprisingly good especially once you get into the lore and all that kind of stuff but like once you've done everything one time it just becomes repetition and grinding and whatever but at least like the gameplay is so fun that the grinding doesn't feel like 
grinding and at least uh, the the encounters are engaging enough and and are kind of uh, repeatable enough that you get locked into that like I know everything that's going to happen at every single point nothing is surprising but everything is still fun and rewarding so you get a really good balance of like I'm just hanging out with my friends and I'm also like improving myself in some way yeah I, I mean I, th- I think and I think that comes down to a sense of familiarity with the game because it sounds like that's what keeps you going destiny and, and right. what you don't have yet with Diablo where like that that's why that that game is not a let's shoot the shit game yeah but I think that's why Mario Kart works for us specifically because I've already played like 200 hours of Mario Kart 8 <laughs> right and I know right. everything so yeah. like I I don't feel like I need to try and win because like I'm at probably the best I'll ever be at Mario Kart. So like I don't really care. Like if I don't win, like whatever. I I don't I don't feel the need to like invest myself in getting better at that. So it really yeah. just ends up being us hanging out, and it that's rad. It's it's great, and it and it's something like for me personally, like I am very I am wired in a way where I'm very extroverted, and I get a lot of anxiety, and like the way I come down. Like, I feel like I kind of return to a, like, level state of mind. Yeah. Often is, like, play a game like Mario Kart or something where it's, like, very familiar, engaging enough, and also talking to a good friend about whatever. Like, not, 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 not like, venting or anything. I mean, it can, can be that, but, like, just us having fun connecting in that moment is so wonderful. Yeah. And I and I love it. It's great. Uh, have a great time, my friend Brennan. It's his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, likewise, it's, it's, it's... I don't know. I I think that this is a thing that people don't really like talk about as much, but like is is such a core part of playing video games. Like I think this is this is why like WoW was such a big deal and why so many people made so many friends playing WoW, you know, because like that was that was what that game was pretty much built for. And and like I I know you and uh, you used to play WoW a whole bunch, right? Not really. I mean, I okay. I well, I just I know that we f- have friends between us who have played a lot and have expressed yeah, this yeah. very similar thing where they were like experiencing that in 2004 and and here we are trying to recreate that on the switch with mario kart but my thing with wow is like i had a lot of friends who got really into it and i made a character to like hang with them and they were all like oh like we'll make a new one to level up with you and then it would be like they would get that character to level 300 by like the end of the week and i was still like in shitty armor like fishing like level (laughs) 15 or whatever yeah i see that's a game where like i didn't like the grind at all yeah because it and feels kind of like why a grind. yeah yeah it really is like kill ostriches until they drop the certain feather you need to send it's just like yeah it sucks but the mario kart just being like a, a, a repetitive like two minute at a time experience is like really yeah. it keeps things really fresh the whole time that's why i like yeah. destiny so much because i could be doing like strikes and like pve content or i could be doing like crucible pvp stuff um and you can just switch back and forth depending on what you're into and it feels fresh the whole time yeah or like open yeah. world stuff like they, they have kind of pretty much everything in that game but yeah yeah i think i think that aspect of whether whether it's in person or not like having that game that is almost like a red herring for hanging out is is really important to have yeah totally i love that all right friendship in video games i like that that's the that's the uh that's the title because i was trying to think i was like what is a good thing to call this i think friendship in video games is perfect <laughs> uh you want to move on yeah let's move on okay see uh to, i think what will be maybe become our next friendship in video games video game oh my god i'm excited goodbye Edge of my seat, you promised me that whatever you're bringing up now is the new Friendship in Video Games video game. Yeah. Uh, which might be the title of the episode, just calling it now. Also, probably would have been a good title for the show, but I digress. Um, oh, maybe, shit. you know, show, don't tell, you know, like it's a little bit on the nose, but yeah. Uh, I think Into the Aether is way catchier. <laughs> anyway. It's way um, catchier, easier to search, easier to easier spell. Easier to spell. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's got everything. What's up? Tell me. Yeah, so a game that I played at PAX East, I think two years ago, maybe three years ago, um, called Dauntless, uh, just got released. So it's it's been on PC for a while, but it just got released on consoles this week. Um, and for those of you who don't know about it, it is a free-to-play monster hunting game. Um, and yes, it is pretty much just Monster Hunter, but, you know, free-to-play. Play it multiplayer. There's, like, a progression loop. There's a battle pass, like, Fortnite in there. Like, it is is kind of everything you would expect from a free-to-play game, but it's Monster Hunter, and um, I, I just checked it out for the first time this week uh, since playing it at PAX, since playing, like, the first... They were like, here's the only encounter we have built. Try it, and you're fighting, like, a big owl. But uh, I, I started playing it this week. I haven't played it too much, 
Um, but I got kind of into the progression loop of this game. Um, so for those of you who have played Monster Hunter, this is going to sound very familiar, but for those of you who haven't, um, the way this game works is you pretty much just like create a character. There's like some very strange like cutscenes that play uh, that kind of introduce you to the world and the place and, and the thing that you're doing. And then you're pretty much s- dropped into this like hub town, this like hub world. Uh, where they're like, okay, go talk to this person. It's very, it's weird that we just brought up World of Warcraft, but it feels very like World of Warcraft city kind of vibe. Uh-huh. So you go talk to a person, they give you a quest. You say, okay, I accept this quest. And then you go out and you start the tutorial, which I think is important because there's no tutorial in Monster Hunter, but there is one in Dauntless. And it is like a really great Monster Hunter tutorial where they kind of like just teach you all the controls. Here's yeah. how to jump, heavy attacks, light attacks, all this kind of stuff. Here's how to sprint. Here's how to use items. All the things they don't teach you in Dark Souls and Monster Hunter, uh, they teach you in Dauntless, which is wonderful. So you do that. And then from that point on, it's basically just like you and your friends going out, prepping yourself for hunts, and then going out and and fighting like a big monster with like a bunch of weird attacks and like weird elemental stuff, like making sure you're equipping the right elemental armor and weapons to like handle the thing that you're fighting. And then like just kind of going through that loop uh, and getting better and better gear and better armor and leveling yourself up along the way. And that is the whole game. That's all it is. It's just fighting bigger and more terrifying monsters with your friends so you can get better gear so you can go on to fight bigger and more terrifying monsters. Now, that also pretty much to a T describes the Monster Hunter experience. What I find really interesting about Dauntless and the reason why, like, even though I don't love it per se, I think I'm going to keep playing it is... I think that's where Monster Hunter ends, but Dauntless is trying to be like a games as service, like Fortnite kind of thing, and will continue going on for a long time. So they're continuing to add new stuff to the end game, which pretty much means that like in Monster Hunter, when you're playing it, your only reward is getting better gear. And then at a certain point that just stops. Right. And like, there's nothing really to do at that point. It's like, okay, there are no other worlds to conquer. Dauntless, you have this like progression loop of doing the exact same stuff you do in Monster Hunter, plus the added bonus of having like a, a Fortnite-esque battle pass, having like gaining experience, leveling up um, and exploring new places in a way that Monster Hunter has never really had before. So, like, in a way, it kind of improves upon Monster Hunter. And it feels a lot like it. Like, it feels pretty much similar. Like, all the weapons are mostly the same. You know, there's there's combos and attacks and, and all the same stuff. You're, you know, fighting a monster four or five times so you can craft armor out of their scales and then wear them and then, like, go out <laughs> and fight stuff. But it feels more rewarding and it feels better. Although there's some stuff where, like, it kind of feels like a beta sometimes. Like, there's some frame rate issues when you're in the town. The, the cutscenes are really weird. When you're actually fighting the monsters, like, that stuff is, like, perfect. Like, they, they totally nailed it is great. And I was just talking to a friend about this earlier who I've been playing this with, but like, if you're going to focus on one thing and make sure that it doesn't have any frame rate issues and feels great and is good, like, make it the gameplay. Like, I can run around the hub town and have it be 15 frames per second and that's fine. But like, as long as that's not happening when I'm fighting like a giant terrifying owl that shoots lightning out of its eyes, like, that's good, you know? Um, So Dauntless is a really interesting game that I've only kind of scratched the surface of, but I'm like fully in the loop now. Mm. And I want to play more of it. Um, and I think we should play it together. I think you would find yeah. it really interesting. That um, sounds fun. Yeah. So that's Dauntless. All of that having been said, it's kind of opened my eyes to something that I kind of wanted to talk to you about a little bit more. What I find really interesting about this game is that it really is Fortnite, like Fortnite mechanics, Fortnite progression layered on top of Monster Hunter. And I think that that has actually made the Monster Hunter formula better. Every other game that is trying to do Fortnite right now is literally doing a battle royale on an island running around 100 people all fighting each other whatever you get experience you have the battle pass you unlock like a weird like tiger skin for one gun and like that's not super rewarding or whatever because Fortnite just, already did it you've already done it you know you're talking about the apex legend battle pass everyone's yep. favorite yeah uh, which is really rough <laughs> <laughs> let's see i got khaki pants for caustic great uh <laughs> right this. yeah i got a line of dialogue that says i can't wait to win the next round <laughs> glad i got this um but i have to be level 80 to get that in the meantime i got some chapstick <laughs> so good yeah i so what i find really interesting about dauntless is like they said okay the trend is to make these games as a service sorry, steven is literally chapstick. putting chapstick on right now <laughs> bert spees man can't go wrong yeah no good old bert the master works all you can't go wrong <laughs> right, i'm a monster i'm kill me in your monster hunter-esque game uh-huh anyway you're saying 
Yeah, I, I I just find it really interesting that like if the trend is to make a game as a service, make it free to play, add all of these like progression loops that we all understand to a battle royale game, like that's kind of lame. And what I really like about what the Dauntless team did is they were like, okay, if that's the trend, like it doesn't have to be like a hundred people jump out of a bus to a Pixar island and <laughs> shoot each other. Like <laughs> right, that's right. not what it needs to be. And and them layering it on top of Monster Hunter is like kind of brilliant because everybody's just wanted a Monster Hunter game on PC for like a really long time. Yeah, I'm not one of those people because I don't have a PC, but that's a thing that I know, you know, people have expressed interest in. So they filled that market and simultaneously made it endless, made it a destiny, made it made it a Fortnite in that way. And I think that's really cool. And what I'm wondering now is like, is there a future for that? Like, are there other kinds of games that would be able to adapt so well into that formula and, and make that work? And I, I think the answer is probably yes, right? Like, I feel like you could do this with a lot of other things. Like, Monster Hunter seems like perfectly suited for it because it really just is a loop and like the grind is built into it. But I think there are other things that you could do this with. I was like trying to imagine like, what would a Zelda game like this be like? Oh, wow. Yeah. Or like, or like imagine Diablo, like a free to play Diablo that like doesn't suck first of all because i think that i think the, the phrase free to play like freaks people out in a lot of instances but like, yeah, there's, there's it, good free to play games out there there really are there really are i mean yeah it is like it's a bit of an uphill like there's a initial unconscious prove me wrong kind of thing yeah yeah you know there's some wonderful free to play games out there um i think i think it's really interesting to obviously like i'm not into fortnite obviously um, but like, I think you're onto something where you're pinpointing like this game is successful, not just because it is a very specific genre, but how is it doing? Like, how is it, how is it structured and how is that appealing to people? Yeah. Um, and I think making something free to play also be something that you can kind of just return to whenever Yeah. and kind of have that like familiar constant casual relationship with i think is the way to go yeah while also occupying you know like what you know like what are other types of games that don't exist on pc that like people want i think something like zelda you say zelda and like that kind of in my head opens up like eight different genres so like Mm. you know i think i think like you'll never really get a zelda game on this level but you might get something that you know kind of like binding of isaac where it's like okay maybe there's like a rogue like dungeon crawler kind of thing that's exactly what i was thinking is like okay you have like generative dungeons where you go in like with your friends and it's four swords adventures but you know right there's bosses at the end and and you get experience and level up and things like that i don't know there was a there was a version of that do you ever play realm of the mad god no mad king let me that's look, a, let me that's make a real sure thing. The title. Yeah, it does sound like something I'll make up, doesn't it? Realm of the Mad God. It yeah. was I played this years ago, and I mean years. Uh, it came out 2011. It like you play it on like the browser. Like it's really you, you could download it, but it's like really really uh, simple. Um, the graphics are like super. Oh yeah. Uh, pixelated. It um, looks like what the what the item graphics for Minecraft were based off of. Yeah, exactly. Like if you so, if you could imagine like what what the armor and swords look like when you have them in your inventory in Minecraft. That's what this whole game looks like. Yeah, it, it's basically. I, I don't know how it is now, but when it came out, it was a free to play. Kind of like if you meshed like a old school fantasy MMO with like a arcadey asteroid esque shooter. So like right. you, you play as a different class and they all kind of shoot like bullets in certain directions and the enemies are kind of like classic, you know, like ghosts and goblins and you just kind of walk around and, and find random treasure and then when you die, that character is dead for good. I think you can maybe store like one item or something, mm. like but it, it kind of like Rogue Legacy, it keeps like a record of like that hero's accomplishments and like oh, cool. that's where it gets a little bit arcadey where it's like how far did your hero get for this thing the one thing that was kind of infuriating is like every now and then a giant boss would show up and there would be like dozens and dozens of other players that were attacking this boss and then when they eventually died they would drop really good treasure but it was literally a first come first serve of who got the treasure oh <laughs> so that like, sucks you basically just don't get that it was an interesting experience i don't know 
if I would recommend it. I don't know how it is now, but yeah. that was a free-to-play game that, that occupied a very specific role yeah. and was successful on that, It feels a little like runescape right? Like, RuneScape was, like, a big deal when that was out. Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of in that realm. I never played RuneScape, but, like, that was another kind of free-to-play MMO in a way, I guess. Yeah, one of my favorite games, um, which I, I can't, unfortunately, talk about too much because of my job, um, but one of my favorite games before I started working at Marvel was Marvel Heroes, which was like a game by some of the developers of Diablo 2, I believe, where you could mm. play as like pretty much any Marvel character and run around like New York City and and like jungles and a bunch of different places. And you just like kind of dungeon crawl. And it always ends with like a boss fight against like a like a famous Marvel villain. And it was a free to play Diablo game. Uh, where they would constantly generate new dungeons that ended with you like fighting Venom or Taskmaster or things like that, and you could play as any character you <laughs> wanted to. Um, and and the progression loop in that game was like you get enough currency to unlock more characters, and slowly you unlock like fifty to a hundred different Marvel characters who all play completely differently and all have different like um, attacks and moves and things like that. And like that game was really fun and great. And I I always wonder why there isn't more stuff like that that's that good specifically. Yeah, because I I feel like so frequently you go you get situations where like okay it's free to play but all the things that you can unlock in the loot boxes are like things that make your character stronger and then that breaks the game you know because some people will pay like a ridiculous amount of money and then get all that stuff and then you can never beat them or whatever like that that kind of garbage like when it when it ends up being like an overwatch like all cosmetic loot box situation i think is when it gets better but then we get into the gambling problem yeah at the same time which is not great um but anyway, I just kind of... Yeah, it's definitely better than a pay-to-win scenario, but it's yeah. also, like, its own issue. Yeah. Like, from what I've heard, there's a Call of Duty mobile game that uh, has been out in China for a little bit that's going to come to the U.S. soon, and that game is, like, completely pay-to-win. Like, you just get better weapons in that game uh, in the loot boxes. Like, that sucks. It's, like, that, that's not how you build a game. Yeah. Especially when you think want that's... people to continue playing forever, right? Which is, which right. is the idea. Like, all of these games exist because games cost so much to make now that you can't just charge $60 for them anymore. You need new forms of, of revenue. So, like, the idea of locking a person into a game forever is how you do that now. So everyone's trying to make this. Everyone's trying to make their own version of this. Yeah. And I wonder, I, I think you said before, like, the phrase free-to-play is like, ugh, for some people. Yeah. Because it's also, like, that comes with like okay well but what am i gonna end up paying like yeah is it a pay to win thing is it like hearthstone where you end up like buying <laughs> cards that are uh, whatever uh you know like yeah. is it like what what scam am i getting into basically right i don't i don't know the answer i mean because i i'm not like super business savvy with like how that works i think what i like to see is like is ideally that if you spend any money it does not it does not alter your chance of having a better experience uh but exists to support the developer in some way yeah maybe you get something aesthetic or whatever but you know it's it's just it's tough to say yeah it really i mean we've talked about this a lot with fortnite like fortnite even though it's a game that neither of us play anymore and i think you didn't even really play that much but i played like a pretty significant amount of last summer i played about 45 minutes of it yeah uh, i i mean i played i played like a lot of it last summer like i got through the battle pass like i i I finished it you know that game's microtransaction stuff is like the way to do it like i know people dunk on fortnite all the time but like that's how you do microtransactions all that stuff is cosmetic it just makes your character look cool and it's really just a way of supporting uh, the developers which is awesome and it's like certain things are for sale like at, uh, yeah it rotates day, in and right? out like it's just it's just constantly fun it's kind of like apex legends but apex legends for some reason feels different apex legends is weird because nothing is good <laughs> i think that's probably the problem <laughs> like, which i feel bad saying there's... but like it's they yeah it's like yeah i do feel bad too because like there like there is some cool like all the characters are are well designed and like are interesting and and cool and there are some fun skins but like a lot of it is is just like zebra printed guns yeah or like a banner it's just like there's it's not exciting yeah unfortunately <laughs> which is probably good so we're not spending money on it but you know yeah anyway but anyway all, all that having been said um 
I, I'm kind of looking forward to, and I know this is probably a hot take, but I'm kind of looking forward to other games like Dauntless starting to crop up. I kind of want to see people's takes on that kind of thing and, and adapting different game styles to it. I, I was just listening to um, one of my favorite podcasts that I, I listen to every once in a while. is uh, It's called The Spelunky Show Like, and it's a podcast by a bunch of game developers that's just about Spelunky. Oh, wow. And, and every week they just talk about Spelunky and different aspects of Spelunky and how it all works. And they were talking about uh, the book Spelunky written by the developer of Spelunky. And, and one of the first things he says in the book is I don't like roguelikes. I've never ha- I've never enjoyed them. I don't like games that like generate their own thing. He was like, I wanted to make a game that was in a genre that I didn't like. And one of the developers on the show, Zach Gage, who is brilliant and makes a lot of wonderful games for iOS. One of his biggest breakout games was called Spell Tower, which was a, a wonderful word game that he made because he didn't like making word games or sorry, he didn't like playing word games. I was like, I want to make one of these that I that I like. And I, I think like people getting into making games uh, and adapting them into free to play models as like a way of just like exploring genres that like might not mash up, but like, why not try it at least? Yeah, I think is like a cool direction for this to head. And I want to see more of it. That's really fascinating to to try to prove yourself wrong in a way almost yeah like here's what i do yeah. like about this let me apply that to a different thing right i think you and made I, a great point like rogue legacy like feels like a game that could become this if you wanted it to be in a really cool yeah, way absolutely yeah we'll see man that's exciting to keep an eye out for i wonder what i guess i just like i also have my own reservations of like the free-to-play market because of everything we just said yeah no totally i, I extremely understand again but it's a hot th- take on my end i think no but I, I think what you're looking for is like accessibility for the consumer and also exploration for the creator yeah right? yeah exactly and i think i think that there is room for that around everything else yeah so we will see yeah hell yeah um, I think that's the end of our episode. I think so. I think we uh, covered everything. Uh-huh. And I think that this is a very successful birthday. How do you feel? Uh, I feel like I'm 27 years old. Hell yeah, dude. No, I, I feel um, I, I, I'm weird with birthdays. I don't really like like they're fine. Like I, I'm it's cool, I guess. Mm, I get that. It's weird to make it about you. You know, I guess. Like, yeah, I don't know. There are just other days of the year that I'm more excited about and feel more like new things like like New Year's. I feel more excited about like a new year than my birthday being like literally a new year of my life. Mm. I don't know. Things like that. Not to not to yeah. be a bummer about birthdays because no, they're very no, fun. I, I, I really enjoy celebrating other people's birthdays, but I've never been like a huge like yeah, let's go do something fucking wild for my birthday. Like, it's good nuts. I get know? that. Yeah, it's it's tough for me to like make too ex- extravagant of an event for myself. Yeah, I get really excited for the summer, one of my favorite seasons. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just because like how I see time is still kind of informed by our years in school. Like I yeah. still kind of feel like the year ends but becomes real with the summer Mm. summers for me are always very dramatic either good or bad and like i just am excited Uh, being in chicago too like the city like transforms in the summer is something really wonderful and there's like a sacredness to that because everyone's like we can't waste this day (laughs) yeah (laughs) we know we know what this will become so i don't know i kind of like that yeah yeah that's my favorite season is the summer Cool. Maybe not my favorite. I don't know. I'll get back to you. Yeah. But I do like the summer quite a bit. Yeah. Mm. Dauntless. It's a Dauntless. game that you can play. Free to play. Monster Hunter-esque. Yeah, it's it's available in a lot of places. Um, we we will definitely play that together. That specifically consoles. Yeah, I really I think you should download it, and I think we should play it together. I think I think you will enjoy the experience of playing that. Uh, yeah. Can I fight with a big instrument like I can a Monster Hunter? Uh, I think so. I think one of them is. All right. Yeah. Sign me up yeah uh cool well anyway that having been said i guess we're gonna wrap up this episode uh thanks to everybody who listens as usual um you're all the best it's amazing uh, every week it's really i don't even know what to say about it it's it's just wild uh that there's an audience out there uh so thank you for being part of that thank you we have a twitter account it's at into the cast uh we have a twitch account and maybe we'll start streaming dauntless or something else i'll never tell i'll never tell uh <laughs> master no i'm not gonna do it um the master works all uh, you can't go it. wrong there it is uh yeah we have a twitch account it's at into the cast as well uh and we have a discord which is very lively and cool and i love it yeah everybody is, is awesome in there uh and that is bit.ly slash twg discord that link is in the show notes for this episode and yeah thank you so much for the support for this show we're getting close to a year steven 
Oh my god! Wow. Our E3 mind. episode is 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 soon, and I'm really looking forward to it. Oh man, is that our? Because we it's weird. Like I wasn't sure where we were counting the year. I was like, are we counting the like release day of the four episodes? Or are, uh, are we counting like when you we recorded one that was lost to the ether? Yeah. Um, I feel like June is our month. Like I feel like this started in June. Yeah, I think I think E3 is the official demarcation of a year of this podcast. I like that. I like that a lot because yeah. that was our first. This will be really interesting to do E3 again. We'll probably just do what we did last year, right? Or we just go through it all. I think we just do it all. Yeah, we we talked about potentially doing uh, an episode for each night, but um, no, no way. <laughs> I'm busy, baby. Yeah, you can't I, do that. I think we'll just take a lot of notes and then well, it'll be a little bit late. It'll be after E3 because E3 is weirdly like in the beginning of a week this year. It's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for some reason. Oh, great. Uh, which is strange. So I guess look forward to it uh, the week after that. But I'm really excited yeah. for E3 this year because it's going to be really weird because Sony's not there anymore. Uh, yeah. Activision just bailed, I think. Wow. Strange year. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. But yeah. anyway, um, also thank you to AJ Flurry, our producer for this show, uh, who is Thanks, wonderful. Thanks, AJ. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, did you say what to do if you like the show? Or should I do that? Oh, go ahead and do it. Hey, I got some tips. If you like the show... Uh, leaving a review on iTunes is amazing. Uh, rate it out of five stars. Let us know what you think. Write a review if you feel so inclined. Honestly, anyone who has done that has, uh, it's very nice. I know that's like everyone asks for that, but it does help. Uh, it as does. the sharing the show, which a lot of you have done. And, you know, so I, I don't really feel the need to ask, but just put it out there if you feel like you want to help the show in any way. Yeah. It does help. It does. And yeah, that's it. Uh, we always have a blast doing this. We'll be back next week, like usual. And yeah, we'll let you know if we're going to stream anything. I I think Dauntless makes sense, because right now we're limited to whatever's on PS4. Yeah. I don't really have a great streaming setup, but I'll work on it, so I sound good while we do it. Um, cool. All right. Okay. Hey, my name is Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. <laughs> I'm Stephen Hilger. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. Brendan, have a wonderful birthday. Thank and you. everyone else, uh, all the Geminis out there, I hope you're doing great. It's hey. your season. Uh, and everyone else, have a wonderful beginning of summer. Yeah. Have a good week, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. The master works all. You can't go wrong. Garbage dot online.